Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, I'm Scott Chrislaw, editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a, a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and it was a heart of earnings season, so there's a lot of good stuff in there. On the macro side, I think the biggest thing that we're seeing is that Omicron has crested, and it appears that the worst of Omicron from an infection standpoint is behind us and so some of the areas of the economy that were hard hit specifically like travel are starting to see a little bit of a bounce back so we saw a quote from royal caribbean which talked about how overground infections on their ships are falling and that they're seeing bookings pick back up so that was big to me and then the second big thing in the macro section to me was from paypal talking about how lower income cohort of consumers is starting to feel the pressure of the end of stimulus and inflation. I think that's another big trend on the macro side that's been changing. That's worth noting because it it also affects probably people's willingness to re-enter labor markets. So those were two things that stood out to me. Anything to you, Eric? I agree about the lower income cohorts. I, I think they're more likely to be the ones to feel the pressure of inflation the most going forward. And it's it's unlikely that inflation will abate from what we are seeing, at least across companies. A lot of companies are actually planning a lot of uh, several price increases within this year to keep up with the cost uh, pressures that they're facing. And I think also uh, a key thing also to note is, of course, the, when you contrast the low-income cohorts and the, <laughs> contrast them against the rich, they have like a, a bifurcated kind of situation where the rich are doing pretty well. Like you can see, race are almost one of the strongest on the book in history. But then on the other hand, people are saying the, the lower income cohorts are highly affected. This is something else that I noticed was about, uh, which was also what you talked about, it was about the worst being behind us as regard Omicron. So we really hope that's the case. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a question about the JP Morgan uh, Chase CEO, a quote. He says the economy is strong, markets, uh, the markets are ex extreme stress in terms of valuations. And of course, there's a quote there also about January being the part, the, the time of the year when I think people shifted from growth to value stocks in that sense. So what are your thoughts around that in, uh, in terms of markets vis-a-vis uh, -vis the, the economy? Yeah, I mean, I think all of this stuff that we're talking about, there's shifts going on in the economy. The real economy is still staying strong though. The shifts at the margin haven't affected the real economy yet and i think it's most likely yet because it's really broadly withdrawal of stimulus that's affecting securities markets and some of these things at the margin so you've got lower income consumers who receive it direct payments from the u.s government not seeing that as much and then capital markets which you'd see in quantitative easing push up securities prices that's falling off too and so you've had like pretty significant decline in market caps and market values since the beginning of the year. And that impacts the upper income cohorts as well. I mean, there's probably a lot of heavy Facebook owners who lost a lot of money last week, for instance. I mean, when you're losing hundreds of billions of dollars in market cap at once, that's hundreds of billions of dollars that's being removed from the economy in terms of purchasing power and net worth. Now, I think that, you know, asset prices have been so inflated that that's not impacting things yet. And real economy, again, like real private capital transactions haven't really slowed. I think people are a little bit concerned about them, but like funding in venture capital and private equity hasn't totally stopped. And same thing just for real economy consumption right now. I think like people are watching what's happening in financial markets are a little concerned, but not changing behavior. And that's likely a yet given the trend towards removing stimulus from the economy. 
where you think? I saw a quote, a, a tweet from Gavin Baker who says that from his experience, he's seen like the private markets usually lag the public markets in terms of valuation for with six to seven months or so. So you'd expect this uh, kind of trickle-down effect to be happen maybe a, a couple months down the line. But I think that's a good segue into what, it, what we saw in tech last week, uh, Facebook losing around 250 a billion dollars in market cap in a single day because of them guiding lower uh, for the year, given the huge impact that they have, that TikTok is having on them. I would say that I've observed from people in my generation, a lot of people are shifting to less, they're less on Facebook, less on Instagram, more on TikTok, sharing TikTok. And TikTok is very flexible in terms of you can share the videos across all platforms um, and still you come back to TikTok. Some it allows you to still come back. I would say Facebook is is having, it's going to have a rough year, at least for this part of the year. Um, Maybe short-term pains for long-term gain. Any thoughts on that, yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think social networks at the end of the day are, each generation kind of has their own social network. And just as you probably don't really want to hang out at like the same restaurants or bars that your parents hang out at, you don't really want to hang out with the same social media channels. So I think Gen Z is definitely owned by TikTok and this book is it probably lost a lot of ground there and may not be able to recover that either by Instagram or by Facebook, but Facebook owns the baby boomers and Instagram kind of owns the millennials. And that's why Zuckerberg is moving towards meta and the metaverse and knowing that that's the next frontier potentially of social media ownership. I still think Zuckerberg's like one of the top 10 CEOs in the world right now. And so it's hard for me to believe that he doesn't steer Facebook through this in a way that he ends up winning. But yeah, I actually was, was personally buying some Facebook last week on the decline. It's interesting uh, where, how, where Facebook is at now, you feel like at this point in time, it's, uh, had Facebook not had those kind of like restrictions they have in terms of, you know, the way, especially the, the legislator seems to come down hard on acquisitions and talk about monopoly and all. So I think if Facebook had the power that it usually has in terms of this, buying WhatsApp and Instagram, right now they would have bought off TikTok. For sure. They just can't buy TikTok. And I think that frustrates Zuckerberg. But I mean, he's also doing the right things. You know, he's investing in short-term video and he's going to be smart about the way that he manages this. TikTok's really tough to compete with. Though. It is, it is. I mean, they mentioned it a lot, uh, several times during the call themselves, which is pretty rare for a company to mention a competitor that much. Maybe perhaps I could highlight the commodity prices show signs of peaking. And of course, Europe is experiencing uh, very high energy prices, tightening supply and demand. As uh, the t- t- supply and the demand is very high, especially this winter, was in Norway and the, the, the electricity prices are, are the highest they've been in, in a long, long time. The tensions with Russia, Ukraine, around Europe, you can feel them are in the air. So there is a lot of, there's a lot of geopolitical tensions and risks, which I think, especially maybe investors in the U.S. may not be very much aware of, but they are actually a lot in play in the, in Europe right now. I think that was a noteworthy thing this week that we picked up for the first time was kind of the different speeds that Europe and the U.S. are moving at. And it's not even necessarily speeds, but it seems different trajectories in terms of the way that the recoveries are happening. And partially, I think it's because the U.S. came with so much stimulus into the pandemic that um, we're dealing with the after effects of that in a different way. But yeah, energy prices are extremely high there. And it was interesting to note, I didn't actually notice that the energy sector was the best performing sector 
it was competitive last year. That's that's very surprised. But, you know, I mean, again, plug our podcast. I think if you were listening to an episode of the transcript in like March, April last year, we talked about energy was like poised for this huge return because people had been, first of all, expecting oil and gas, you know, the end of fossil fuels with electric vehicles, but also just like you were having these inflationary pressures build up. And it probably still has some legs to run. I mean, oil is at $90 a barrel now. And you mentioned geopolitical, you know, clouds that are gathering over Europe. I think we don't feel it as acutely in the U.S., but it's definitely something that uh, we're watching. And I think with a lot of concern, there's growing amount of concern over it. You know, usually geopolitical stuff doesn't impact mm-hmm. capital markets over the long term, unless it's really big geopolitical stuff, which just hopefully we don't we don't end up seeing. But certainly for Europe, I would expect energy prices to be impacted by something like this. Yeah, it definitely is because uh, because uh, a large percentage of gas in uh, in Europe flows from Russia. So if they are having an issue with Europe and Europe has to make a decision on who to support, then Russia can turn off the pipe, the gas pipes. Anecdotally, I think this weekend I filled up my car, the gas tank, and cost seventy five dollars to fill up the tank, and that was one of the moments that really catalyzed for me the quote that we ended up finding about. Uh, lower income consumers getting hit by inflation. It's like, that's pretty painful to fill up, fill up your gas tank and it costs $75. Gas prices in, in Los Angeles right now are $5 a, a gallon. So, I mean, this is all just inflation. So all of our price levels are readjusting. But, you know, if you, if you go from making $15 an hour to $17 an hour, you're not keeping up with gas prices. They went from three fifty to 5 So. So I think then the most interesting answer, and by the way, I would recommend someone to read the Kinda Morgan Investor Day, where they talk about how the energy sector is a good play this year. So, and then they talked about the fish cash flow yield of Kinda Morgan is 10% for 2022, which puts them in the 92nd percentile of all the S&P 500 companies in terms of free cash flow. So all in all, uh, the energy sector seems like an interesting place to be invested in for 2022. It's very clear that oil and gas are still major players. Even if, as we do energy transitions to renewable fields and all, to take a while to get us to fully renewable. Uh, Until then, oil and gas are here to stay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, again, the cycle goes back to monetary policy. And so if you have the Fed tightening and actually committed to it, to fighting inflation, I would expect that like, we're just starting to basically fight. We haven't even raised interest rates yet. It's all been just rhetoric at this point. So you're having inflation. So rising oil prices being a proxy for it. And then once the Fed starts fighting a little bit harder, that's when you usually would see a crust in the economy, real economy, including oil prices, things like that, you know, but often that happens with like a three to nine month lag from when the Fed first starts tightening. Yeah. I mean, that's still my outlook, what I'm looking for throughout the year. So I think that would be a good place to close the week. I think so. All right. Uh, so thank you for joining us this week. See you again next week as we continue uh, to cover the earnings season. And also I think next week we'll be having the, our, our quarterly earnings uh, season review. So we'll tell you more about it soon. Thank you for joining us. Bye.